0: at MikeCrock.com forward slash book. That's mikecroccom forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy and subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike Crock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock. You can be unstoppable too. You just need to know how. So go get that Rocket Fuel book at MikeCrock.com forward slash book, Mike C-Rock, C-R-O-C, no K, forward slash book, and go get that Rocket Fuel book. Become unstoppable. Today, guys, thank you so much for coming and joining us. I'm so thankful for your listenership. Thank you for the support that you've given me and also the movement, the What Are You Made Of movement and the Rocket Fuel book, which is selling like hotcakes and it's not even out yet. It's coming out March. Actually, by the time this episode comes out, it will be available on Amazon, but also the website. Today's guest is a friend of mine I met on Clubhouse, which I've been saying this often. This Clubhouse app has been a goldmine for relationships and for me being able to impact people as well as give and give and give. And I'm just so thankful to bring Princeton on the show today. Princeton Clark has been a self-mastery coach for 17 years and has worked with people all over the world. He is the founder and CEO of Evolved Mastery, where he trains coaches, clients, and students to maximize their potential. I'm sorry, their personal and professional lives through self-mastery, and I'm sure going after their potential. Uh, He is a contracted mastery coach for Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi, who I've never heard of those guys before. Uh, Joking, of course. He is also the author of Awakening Your (laughs) Inner Master. So by the way, and he also has seven beautiful kids, uh, and uh, I'm I'm done with the bio. Let's get into your story, man. Uh, Welcome to the show, Princeton.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, brother. Always a pleasure to connect, man.
0: So look, we have a tradition here. We ask all of our guests to start the podcast. The question, Prince, what are you made of?
1: Man, that's a loaded question, but I'm made of fire, brother. I'm made of pure light. You know, every, everything that I do, man, I am lit up from the inside out. You know, I don't see anything that limits me. You know, I, that, that fire is constantly burning. You know, that passion, that pursuit to ignite change in the world. You know, I'm, I'm just fire, brother. And I'm, I'm a fire starter. Yeah,
0: I love it. I love it. So where did that come from? I mean, you weren't always like that, were you?
1: Oh, no, not at all, brother. You know, growing up, I experienced a lot of different things in my life from being abused as a young man, you know, as a child, you know, mentally, physically, verbally, emotionally, you know, I was molested between the ages of nine and 11 and struggled with deep depression and, you know, ended up in gangs and on drugs, you know, a likely story for a lot of people who've experienced things like that, you know, but at the age of 23, you know, I tried to commit suicide, you know, just thinking that was my only way out. You know, I'd experienced so much in my life and I was like, there's no way that, you know, this has to be my life for the rest of my life. And I thought the only option I had, you know, at that time in my life was to just end it all, you know, and sitting in my car, it was September of 2003. I put a gun to my head, man, and I, and I pulled the trigger and that gun misfired. And like I said, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't in that sp- the space that I'm in, now, you know, but I always say, even though that literal bullet didn't fire, a conscious one did at that time in my life, you know, and your life really does flash before your eyes, you know, and I had an opportunity to just over the course of that week to just look back over my life and ask myself, you know, what was I going to do with the blessed moments that I've been given? Because I knew every moment from the moment that gun misfire was a gift to me, you know, and from there. You know, I quit drinking cold turkey. I quit gangs. I quit selling drugs. You know, I wasn't, I mean, I was doing things that most people only see on TV, well,
0: you know? And was so that no, easy, I haven't. Was that, was that an easy out though? And as far as gangs go, was that an easy out? Like, did they just let you go?
1: Man, it was, you know, I, I think for me, it, I isolated myself for like a year, you know? And so it wasn't one of those gangs. I guess I say, you know, coming from Virginia where I came from, it wasn't like, you know, Bloods or Crips where you get beat in, you know, and you die to get out. You know, it was more one of those things, you know, most of my gang, gang, most of the gang members that I was around were people that I had grown up with, like they yeah. were family, you know, and so it's one of those things, like an honorable thing, like, because I had kids at the time, I had a family, you know, I just went to them, I said, you know, this isn't the life that I want for my kids, man, you know, you guys know I got love for you, I'll always have love for you but it's time for me to make a change, man, cause I end up dead. And I shared, I shared the story with him. I shared how I tried to kill myself, you know? And I told him straight up, I said, you know, at this point it is what it is, you know, but you can't put fear in the heart of a man who just tried to take his own life. But I realized I've been given a second chance and, and I'm gonna live it regardless of what you guys do. And, you know, luckily being in that situation, they were just like, man, you know, more power to you, bro. Like, if you can make it out, you know, you give us hope. You know, and that was kind of shocking for me. Mm-hmm. you know, because I didn't, I was scared. And again, I was like, how am I really going to approach this? You know, how am I going to talk to them? You know, because we were, it was really that mindset of ride or die. But yeah. like I said, they were also my friends, you know, they knew mm-hmm. my family, you know, and so we, we protected each other, you know, and yeah, ultimately, yeah. I mean, people being in a gang, we were a family, you know, we were a family.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's all support for the, for the members, man. I mean, a lot of people without you know, like they've gone through tough times, like you did, like I did, uh, like, like people like fathers, like myself, my father, like they look for that mentorship, that guiding the father figures, all that, that support. That's what it's about. But then they get into the wrong, they just just have the wrong direction, right? I mean, they just don't have the right purpose. And that's what it's about. I mean, if they take all that same energy and focus, you know, same thing for me for seven years from 18 to 25 ish. If I would have just redirected all that energy that I went hard partying and chasing girl, I mean, into what I do now, like I don't know where I'd be, you know. But uh I I I resonate with you know that your story resonates with me because my mental abuse and threats from my stepmother and and just psychological abuse that I went through was eight to eleven. And uh that was a very man, impressionable age. You know, it's right before you start turning into a man and uh you know, that resonated with me. And I understand, like, you know, not exactly what you went through, but, you know, it's, uh, I used to have to sleep with a bat and I wasn't sure what would happen, the threats so, that, you know, just, you know, it's just stuff. To it's not good. So that's, that's a spark that lights in us, right? I mean, I think that's where sparks are. I talk about that all the time about taking that stuff and storing it in your tank where you can convert it to rocket fuel instead of storing it in your trunk where it weighs you down. And then you end up, you know, wanting to commit suicide, right? So where, where, what happened from there after you left the gang and went in isolation for about a year and,
1: Man, I just grew up in the Bible Belt of Virginia. And when my life first changed after that suicide attempt, you know, I realized that something had to change really quick. And so I didn't know, I went from literally being this angry person who fought all the time. I hated myself. I hated the world too. After this, you know, after that week, you know, I just, I became this person that was just on fire for life. And I was walking around, I don't know if my family thought I had a nervous breakdown or if they thought that, you know, I had done something really bad that I was trying to overcompensate for, but I changed so quick that i literally started being that person that was do you know how, do you know how valuable your life is do you know how special you are like <laughs> every moment now i wasn't articulating it the way that, that i'm articulating it now but ultimately that was my state of mind at that time you know and following that growing up in the bible belt of virginia i was like man what's happening to me like is this god <laughs> like because i mean i didn't believe in anything higher than myself up to that point you know and yeah. so i went you know to the bible you know i studied the bible for a year but i went to it you know because i had pastors in my community who told my family i was a lost cause who told my family you know he's he's not going to change like he's going to end up dead or in jail you know but going through this moment i said you know i'm not going to hear it from a man you know god if this is you universe source whatever if this is you you show me you know and i just went on this search man and I went out and started studying the greek the aramaic the hebrew like i wanted to understand the original language what was really being said not what had been exegetically broken down by you know religious people yeah. and on that journey man i found so many truths about who i was and not only that what i was you know as a, as a creator in my life and it lit a fire in me man It lit a, and i say you know I, I ended up going back to school and i I got a bachelor's in biblical studies and Eastern religion. And, you know, I wanted to study all the culture because I said, you know, if there's this much wisdom in this, but there's all these other beliefs, like what, what else has been said, you know? And so I started studying Buddha and Krishna and all these other people. And I realized that the message of love was ultimately the message that they were all speaking just from different cultural backgrounds mm-hmm. and different perspectives, yeah. you know, and, you know, that just led me down a path of just seeking deeper knowledge and my journey just went on from
0: there. I love it. I love it. So, you know, you you know, Brielle, one of the um, uh, moderators that's in a lot of the clubhouse rooms. That's what she always says. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So I I think I got that from her (laughs) because that's her, that's her comeback. Everybody says something like Jopper. So anyway, so how did you get involved with Tony and all that? Did you go to an event or something and where, where did that start?
1: Oh man, that's a crazy story, you know, because I had been doing this stuff, You know, I mean, studying and just mastering my craft. Sorry, light fell over. No Um, I've just been studying and mastering my craft, you know, for years. And, you know, I still actually became a pastor first, you know, I pastored for five years, you know, and I kind of went in like Neo in the matrix. Like I'm going to teach this stuff, right. Like I'm going to get the message. right. And, uh, I want these people to know the truth because a lot of people are lost in religion and after five years of realizing that, you know, you can't use the system to change the system. You gotta create something new. You know, I stepped down and I felt spiritually led to step down. Like I was set on a different path. And so dove deep into meditation and spirituality and personal development, professional development. So I was selling my clothes, I was selling stuff out of my house just to go to events. You know, so I literally would just go to a bunch of events over the course of the years. And I was also I started coaching. I started doing my own events. I started traveling and speaking. Fast forward to 2019 you know, I'm in Arizona. I've lived in Arizona at that point for 10 years. And I just started my own podcast, Evolved to Mastery. And I, then I, I wrote my first book. And I didn't publish that book, Awakening a Master, until 2020, the beginning of 2020. And it was crazy because it was coming up on Tony's 50th birthday. And I'm always following Tony. You know, Tony's the guy, you know, yeah. I'm always following him. So I reach out to him on Instagram. And I know Tony doesn't You know, Tony's not over his Instagram. I know that. Mm -hmm. But I just wrote, shared my story there. And I was just like, you know, whatever I got to do and whatever I got to do to help you, I don't care if you pay me or not. I just want to get close to you. I just want to help the team. I want to impact the world. I know what my purpose is. And I got a message back from someone in this team was like, you know, Tony's having his 50th birthday celebration in California. We'd love for you to come out. And I was about two weeks out. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it because of kids and family and stuff like that. But this just goes to say, you know, when you put something out in the universe and you really ask for it, you know, you know it, doors begin to open because it was about, I, I'd say maybe a month later and I got a call or no, I got a message on Instagram from one of my friends who's also a coach. And she said, hey, Princeton, I got somebody I want to introduce you to and they have an opportunity and I think you would be perfect for it. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm open to opportunities right now. You know, a lot of doors are opening, so let's do it. You know, and so she connected me and uh, my friend, who, my close friend now, Arvin, who was at the time the coaching director for Tony and Dean here at the mastermind.com office here in Scottsdale, Arizona. And we got on the phone and we just hit it all. Like, we hit it off so good. He was like, okay, this is what your salary is going to be. This is, this is what your responsibility is. When can you come in for an interview? That Monday I got, that was Friday. That Monday I got interviewed and I actually started Working in the office, I got hired as the first mastery coach. You know, in the in the new office that they had built out here.
0: Awesome! And uh, it was know, all I didn't know said and done I, after so, so, that. You so so you're, you're, you're in Scottsdale.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I live in Chandler now. I was living in Scottsdale at the time, but I live in Chandler now.
0: Okay. I was out in Scottsdale uh, Which is two like weeks ago. ago. Yeah, I was out in Scottsdale. Oh two weeks aw, ago. man. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: I think I think we got a little bit back, of delay, so we can connect. I will. I loved it out there. I think we got a little delay here, so uh, I'm gonna try to pay attention to that. Apologize for those listening, but uh, we're working through this. Um, But go ahead, go ahead. Finish your story there. I'm sorry.
1: Oh no, you're fine, brother. You're fine. Um, Well, you know, we ended up. You know, I got there. I helped them start building the coaching platform. You know, I built out the six week coaching program along with the other team members that we hired. That coaching program did very well. We were getting ready to launch, and because they have the KBB program, the Knowledge Broker Blueprint. And so, you know, I got to be there for the building of all of that. And then the KP, KBB 2.0, they were getting ready to launch that one. So Tony came out, got to meet Tony face-to-face and just, you know, just be in that. So many amazing people, Pat Quinn, Pete Vargas.
0: Yeah, you know, initially boys.
1: they were hosting Mastermind. Yeah, you know, so it was just an awesome experience, man. But we went evergreen. We helped build the entire KBB program and the coaching program out. Did over seven figures on launch day you know, and it was just freaking insane, you know, but there, that's pretty much how I got connected with them.
0: Yeah. So I started sharing my story and my podcast. This all started when I heard Pete Vargas speak at 10X Growth Con with 34,000 people there. And he started sharing a story about his father and everybody disappeared in the audience. Like it was just me and Pete. I tell this story a lot, but it was just the weirdest, craziest experience. And I'm like, wait a minute you know, it connected with me. And I'm like, wait a minute, I have a story to tell. Like, I got, I got a story. You know I, I, Like, and I saw Pete, this is like one of the first times he was in front of like a large audience and he was sweating. He'll tell you the story. He was sweating, nervous. He looked scared to death on that stage. And I'm like, I could do that. And so right after that, I told the guys I was with, I said, I'm going to be on that stage. I'm going to be on many stages because if Pete Vargas can do it, not, by the way, I love Pete and I'm not saying anything to take this away. Just the, just the way he appeared so scared I said, if Pete Vargas can do it, C-Rock can do it. And I went and paid yeah. 10 grand. I spent 10 grand. Uh, I won a bunch of money playing golf. Uh, nobody heard that. But I, I spent 10 grand to go down to <laughs> 10X headquarters and hang out with Pete for two days and develop my signature story. And then I was off to the races. And then everything like that, that, like that my graph started going straight up. And uh, thanks to Pete and also Grant and all the team, because I'm a Grant Cardone licensee as well. I'm entrenched with them and love them. And, uh, but no, it's great to hear. I didn't know that connection
1: yeah yeah and you, you're right pete does tell that story you know about the first time and you wouldn't know it now to see him speak now you would never know that that that's how nervous he was you know yeah. but he often tells that story yeah, yeah. but I, it's just a, it. it's just a testament to growth You know, like your question what are you made of you know he was made of something amazing and he just chose to step out there and do it and now look at where he is
0: yeah and you know i watched and i'm like you know it's a great thing is when I say if Pete can do it, I can do it. It's about an inspiration. He's being an inspiration to people, not just the business part and not just the impact he's having, but it's an inspiration to see somebody from when they had their moment. That was his moment, dude. That was like his pivotal moment to see where he's gone from there. The people he gets to hang around with now, you know, it's just, it tells me that we can all do it, dude. Like we can, we can just, I watched the journey and I saw the blueprint, you know, and uh, it fires me up to think about that. And I'm so glad I, I knew you were a great dude, but I just didn't know the connections you had as well that I already had as well. So it's, it's crazy how that works. Small world, man. <laughs> so what, what's next? What's next for you, Princeton? Yeah, what's bro. up? Like, what's, what's the big thing you're going after right now? I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book rocket fuel is available for sale now at Mike forward slash book. That's Mike dot C.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show.
1: Right now, man, you know, I realized something last year, you know, because now, you know, I'm no longer working full time in the mastermind.com office, you know, because I realized after everything that happened last year with COVID, watching Dean and Tony pivot to virtual and then all the stuff that went on with um, um, the riots and, and everything like that. You know, I said, you know what, I, I have to start doing something else. And Tony and Dean would always say, you know, don't ever sacrifice your vision for another man's vision, you know? And so, as much as I love, you know, being there full time, I realized that, you know, I just launched my book and I wasn't promoting my book and I wasn't promoting my brand. And it was one of those things where I realized, you know, I was serving and I was able, I mean, working for Dean and Tony, that's like working in the Super Bowl, you know, for the winning oh, yeah. team, like playing in the Super Bowl on a winning team, you know, but at the same time, I realized that I had a vision that that I needed to be manifesting. And so when I decided to leave, initially, I was just stepping down. But the you know, their team had reached out to me and they said, you know, we don't want to see you go like we'd love to keep you on as a consultant or as a contracted coach to help build other programs. And, you know, and so we had a we had a talk, and that's how I became a contracted coach. And so now I help out with their mastery program that they do every month and also their marketing momentum program that they do. And I just go in for you know six days, three days at a time, twice a month, and I coach through those programs. But um, from there, I just started focusing on my brand man, and then coming into this year, I rebranded everything, started changing up my, my logo because I felt like just as my business had evolved, just as I had evolved, my business was evolving. Yeah. And so right now, what's ahead for me is I'm building a team, you know, I'm putting together a team of coaches. I'm putting together, you know, just a social media team, a media team, you know, and just really starting to bring together a, a system because there's no way, especially with Clubhouse, man, you know, I know you feel it just like I do, you know, made so many amazing connections. But what I started realizing was, you know, I had people reaching out to me for podcasts, people reaching out to me for events, people reaching out to me, you know, for a plethora of things, you know, but also had people reaching out to me for coaching and programs. And I said, you know what, it's time for me to get on the ball, but I can't do it by myself, you know, and there's no way I'm going to be able to scale right now, I'm just moving into scaling my new programs, my new classes. I'm getting ready to launch the ignite your power um, summit that I'm going to be hosting. I'm getting ready to launch the Awakening Your Inner Master course. And you know, just a lot of things are beginning to happen right now. And you know, so my main focus right now is just building that team. And I got a lot of yeah. amazing people around me right now, so.
0: Now, so when you are going on putting your content out, like, do you have to be very careful not to use Tony and Dean stuff? Or how do you, how do you navigate that?
1: Well, I mean, assign a, a non-compete, you know, which simply means, I can't take any of their intellectual property or any of that stuff and use it for my own, you know, stuff that we're using in this, you know, but ultimately, you know, because I reached out to them because that was one concern that I had, you know, because again, it's like you said earlier in the podcast, you know, I've been in this game long enough, you know, there's nothing new really being said. I'm that type of person. I don't want to take what's already been said, you know, and it my own way I want to be in a, you know, because the, Tony and Dean are great, but they'll never be me you know, I'll yep. never be you, yep. you know? And so it's like owning my own individuality, my own original, own original uh, flow. And, you know, just the things that I teach, you know, but I don't think there's a problem with that at all. You know, I get to work with them. That's enough. I don't need to use what they have because yep. I already have so much for myself.
0: Yeah. And then how about the, how about the part as you go forward with, where Tony kind of regrets just having his name on things. And so he feels like he can't, scale it as, be, like, mm. as big as he'd want to because it's Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins. And Grant's the same way, Grant Cardone, Grant Cardone, Grant mm. Cardone. Like, you know, do you ever have a concern with the, the self-branding and versus the company branding? How, like, how are you proceeding with that?
1: Oh man, that's why I'm, my business for the longest time was Princeton Clark, Princeton Clark Incorporated, Princeton Clark Coaching. You know, and that's one of the main reasons I changed it to Evolved Mastery. Because Evolved Mastery is not about Princeton. It's not about me. It's about we. And I understand that the vision is so big. Again, I can't carry it alone. And just like my story can impact millions of people, so can so many other stories. And so I wanted to create a platform where I could bring in other coaches, other speakers, other teachers, you know, other agents of change, and I could build with them. And so, yeah, Princeton is one of the puzzle. But again, it's not about me. We're all evolving through self-mastery. And so I'm just looking to bring in people who are living a life of mastery, who bring different expertise or perspective to the playing field and and play to win.
0: And what's your definition? What's mastery mean to you?
1: Mastery to me means surrender. You know, it's not this thing of force. Like most people think, I got to master this. I got to master this. You know, Bruce Lee has this quote and the quote is, I do not fan a thousand kicks. I fear the man who practices a thousand times. You know, And so when I talk about mastery, I'm talking about surrendering. What, do, what am I surrendering to? Or what am I surrendering? I'm surrendering ego, number one. Bring perspectives of this persona, this idea that I've created mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, entering into love. Understanding that love is the most powerful force on this planet. So every single day I wake up and I'm practicing. I'm practicing the kick of love my business, in my family, with my kids, with every interaction that I have, you know, the idea that I have, I'm asking myself, rendering the ego so, so that it's not about but I'm to serve to the world and the impact that I have the potential to create in the world. You know, and so ultimately man, I surrender, you know, because a lot of times if the only thing stopping us from getting to where we have the potential to be is us. And yeah. we gotta surrender that ego, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. You know, one thing with uh, what I did, the same thing, like I have people building, it's called people building Inc. And that's the company that we have. But the, the podcast obviously has C-Rock and what are you made of, but everything that we're doing now, like people building Inc. And then we have a new tech product that's going to, dude, you're going to get involved with it. I know already, but it's going to blow up. The, like it's a disruptor. I'm telling you right now, I'm, I, I've co-founded this company and it's getting ready to launch probably 60 days from now, the MVP. And uh, that's called blueprinted. And Dean, Tony, everybody's going to be involved with it. They, they're not going to be able to not be involved with it. It's so good. So, but it's called Blueprint and it's not called C-Rock. So same thing. Like I, I take advice from people and look at all these things and, and realize that as much as we want to have our name and be self-branded, we got to be really like careful of that because What's our legacy going to be, you know, and, and how much bigger our legacy can be with allowing other people to get involved with it. I always, I always put something in my, my uh, goals. I write my goals down every day and I always put something in there. Bring my homies with me. I write that down every day because I remind myself that if I go somewhere and I'm successful by myself, it's lonely and boring. Who wants that? I want to bring my people with me. I want to bring people with me. And uh, so, no, I love that, man. Um, your shirt right here. I love, I love the image on your shirt right there. And what does that mean to you?
1: Oh, man, this is my nonprofit, Unify the World. Um, That's actually what what I left Tony and Dean to start initially. You know, when I left the awful time, you know, the riots and all that stuff was going and, you know, I, I honestly, I felt like I kept hearing so many different things, you know, you know, and I felt like I had a responsibility to be blunt and really honest. I felt like me as a black man, I had dropped the ball, you know, because I had been working so hard. To appropriate myself, to be seen, to be accepted into a certain circle that I think a part of me kind of forgot where I came from. And I forgot, you know, what people where I came from were dealing with. But when all that stuff started happening, man, I probably cried more tears than I've cried in a really long time because it hit a very deep place. And I was like, I got to do something about it. And, you know, I got so sick and tired of people saying, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. If I can do it, you can do it too. You have no excuse. But what a lot of people don't understand is, people growing up in a community like I've grown up in, like maybe you've experienced at times in your life, you know, they don't, they may have cell phones in their hands, smartphones or computers, but if they don't know what questions to ask, if they don't know where to look for the information, if they don't even know where to begin, it's very hard to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, and I, I know, I didn't know, I had to seek that stuff. You know, I had to read a lot, you mm-hmm. know, when I changed my life, but when I found the world, I, I want to bring people together, realize the spirits on, a, having different human experiences, those experiences are different, we're more alike than we are, you know? And another thing, you know, I don't believe that racism is the biggest problem right now. I believe that the problem right now is prejudice. People are prejudging based on a lack of knowledge or a lack of information around specific issues or some specific circumstances. And they've created all these different stereotypes that they prejudge people on, white, Black, Asian, Hispanic. You know, and what I wanted to do was create some unity. So the slogan for Unify the World is educate, elevate and unify, you know, because if we can educate ourselves, we can elevate ourselves. And if we can elevate ourselves together, we can unify together. And so one of the main things that we're creating is called the Unity Project. And the Unity Project is uh, uh, we're going to be developing an app and the app is going to be to provide free education to minorities so we're going to be talking about entrepreneurship personal development self-mastery you name it business development we're also going to be working with people who are ex-cons who've gotten out of jail who've had experiences that you know now you know they they regret it and they're trying to do something new but our system in america doesn't allow them to if they go and try to get a job it's very hard for them to get a job we want to bring them in and we want to teach them how to be entrepreneurs we want to how to take their experiences turn it into wisdom that they can apply to build something that not only reinvigorates or inspires our communities, but it also raises the morale, adds some social capital to those communities and start revamping and really showing up how we shift the social structure of everything.
0: Yeah. You know, and the thing is you mentioned, like it's that they don't know something. They don't have some kind of information. They're lacking knowledge on something. But not only that, it's what they're fed, like not not food. I'm talking about info. They're like, if Mm -hmm. if they're onto that info and then from there, like for, for white people, black people, it doesn't matter if you get into your own people and you're complaining and pointing the fingers and blaming the other people, it doesn't accomplish anything. And it deteriorates any kind of unity. Like the conversation, everything's solved by communication and conversation. And if we Mm -hmm. like go to the other people which we're all people. I say the other people, but it's basically the races, you know, it's, it's prejudice against races and, and other things. But if everybody gets together and talks and converses, that's when the problems are solved. Like, and listens. Like, you know, you can't go someplace and try to preach to someone. It's having your ears and just listening to their concerns. And then saying from there, well, I don't understand mm-hmm. this. Can you explain this to me? Because I want to understand and wanting genuinely to understand. But when people get into their own communities, and they just complain and complain and talk about the other one, then they're not, they're more a problem than the solution, you know? And uh, so I agree with you, man. It's there anything thing I can do to help you with that. I want to be a part of that. And he, I mean, I'm rooting for you, man. And I, I, like I said, I'll be, I'll take up some responsibility with it too. So if you want to talk offline on that, um, because I love, I love that, uh, that mission, man.
1: Hey, thank you, brother. And you're exactly right. You know, you, you know, the saying you're, if you're the smartest person in your circle, get a new circle where a lot of these people, you know, they're not even the smartest people in their circle,
0: you know. Right, and so, right, right. it's like they don't
1: have any other circle other than the circle that they're experiencing right now, you know. And this is where I say, you know, we have to take it to them, you know, because growing up where I grew up, I've had people ask me to come back out there and speak, and you know, so I'm working on putting together and taking events back out there and just being that light, man. But yeah, we can definitely talk about that offline. Yeah,
0: yeah, I love it, man. Well, I'm rooting for you, and I want to thank you. Before I get into the final question, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Much gratitude to you, man. And I'm looking forward to building a relationship with you. My intention is to build a relationship and do awesome things together somehow, some way. Um, that's, that's, I always like to make my, my intentions clear because uh, I can't do things that I want to do on my own either. So, But before I go into the last question, what's the best way for people to engage with you, Princeton?
1: Oh, man. evolved mastery across social media platforms, Instagram. Evolved Mastery. That's Evolved with an E-D, E-V-O-M-E-D, Mastery. You can find Evolved Mastery on Facebook. You can also search me by name on LinkedIn, but every other platform is Evolved Mastery also on Twitter. Um, But that's it. And also my website, www.EvolvedMastery.com, and they can reach me there as well. Awesome.
0: Awesome. All right. Final question. Now, you, you know, I, I've come up with this law. It's like John Maxwell's law, leadership laws. This is called the rocket fuel law. You can be able to take anything that slows an average person down or stops an average person and pushes them back, discouragement, haters, any of that stuff, and convert it into rocket fuel for your future. You don't just get through it. You become unstoppable. What has that meant to you in your life and your future?
1: Mm. Oh man, that's meant everything to me, you know, because Looking back on my life, one thing that I realized early in my journey was that although I had experienced all those different things, there was at least a million people out there that was experiencing just one of those things. And so that lit a fire on me and I found purpose because we all know. So I thought, okay, serve millions of people. So every day I wake up, my purpose is about cars. It's not about what I can get. It's about how many people I have the potential to serve. And man, you want to talk about a fire, you know, it never leaves my mind. I eat, sleep and breathe this because I realize that personally and professionally, there are people out there who are experiencing or growing through something that I've already experienced and already come out of to be successful in, you know? And so, you know, that's my rocket fuel. My rocket fuel is is, is love and love through service. Helping other people to awaken their own inner master.
0: Absolutely. As Brielle says, love it. <laughs> so, look, man, I'm, I'm very, like I said, I'm thankful for the opportunity to have you on my show. Thankful for the, uh, the future that we'll have and impact in the world. And, you know, if there's anything I can ever do for you, man, all you got to do is reach out, but we'll be connected on Clubhouse as well. And I'd love to be on your show as well. I think my assistant reached out to you. So, check that out. Look for that email and uh, I'll come on and light your show up too.
1: Yes, sir. Let's do it, brother. Love
0: you, man. All right. Thank you, Preston. You guys have been listening to the What Are You Made Of podcast with your boy, The Unstoppable, Mike Searock. You can be unstoppable too. Go get that Rocket Fuel book. It's available now. Till next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikesarock.com, themikesarock with no com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential.